we are generating real value and we are raising efficiency. And because then we, we are not only having an IT transformation, then we are really taking the moment and having an end-to-end transformation. And this is, in my opinion, what we need. You are listening to the Future Proof Operations Podcast. The manufacturing sector is evolving and the work that happens on the front line is the key to driving future readiness. On each episode, we bring you conversations with global leaders and industrial companies. Our goal is to discuss trends, stories and people in digital manufacturing and offer the latest insight into solutions. Subscribe and be sure to check out our website for more resources at operationsone.com. I'm your podcast host, Benjamin Brockman. This episode is brought to you by Operations One. Operations One is the leading platform to bring operations to a new level of excellence. By supporting frontline operations from planning to execution to analytics, companies benefit from an empowered workforce, increased operational excellence, and future-proof operations. Visit operationsone.com for more information. Hi Jens, welcome to the Future Proof Operations Podcast. Hi, yeah, hello together to all the listeners. I'm very happy to be here. Thanks for having me and I'm really looking forward to our interesting and valuable discussion today. Yeah, Jens, great to have you. Could you give me a 60 seconds overview of who you are and what you are doing? So my name is Jens and after 19 years in two other mid-sized consulting companies, I joined the PwC Network in 2021. In my first years of the career, I focused ERP projects with more focus on processes and IT. Afterwards, I jumped into the topic of top flow and shop flow integration, and especially the combination how ERP systems and EMEA systems and others like quality systems and so on can be an enabler for digital manufacturing processes. Other use cases for sure, like autonomous guided vehicles and others, were considered. And with all this, expertise I joined one and a half years ago now as a partner for smart manufacturing, the PwC network. I'm part of the operations transformation team and we try to push the topics like S4 transformation, other tech-led transformations, business-led architecture, MES, IoT, and all the other interesting topics that are relevant for, for future operations. And very important, we are doing it from strategy to execution. Jens, you mentioned smart manufacturing. When I hear about smart manufacturing and digitalization in the manufacturing space, of course, Industry 4.0 is still something which comes into my mind. Is Industry 4.0 still a relevant topic for manufacturing companies? That's a good and fair question because let me say an older word, but I think, in my opinion, it is getting more and more relevant. But it's perhaps handled different than in the early beginning. After first lighthouse projects and very specialized solutions, the scale and the rollout ability is getting more and more in focus. When we started some years ago, it was more doing a lighthouse project, doing something fancy that can help us shine in the press, at the customers, in the market. And now it is really getting the value out of industry for the zero. So The view is different, the focus is different, but at the end, we are realizing integrated scenarios end-to-end in operations and 
IoT and Industry 4.0 is a key enabler for it. So it is definitely relevant. Let's dive into it. Today, we want to talk about tech transformations. What are potential obstacles of tech transformations or digitalization projects in general in manufacturing companies? Well, based on my past years of project experience, I think I could explain now hours, <laughs> but I will focus I will focus some of them. First of all, I have to say technology nowadays is definitely mature enough to be used as accelerator in operations processes. So companies, especially smaller ones that are explaining there is a hurdle, the technology is not mature enough. This is definitely wrong in my opinion. So technology is not a hurdle. What is a hurdle is, as explained before, often small lighthouse projects are designed without the possibility to scale. And this is a handicap for getting the best value out of the integrated processes and the integrated solution. So this is one of the main topics. So design the right use cases that are possible to scale. Second is sense of urgency in the organization. This is still a topic that has to be improved. So the people are not aware about the value that the realization of IoT and Industry 4.0 use cases can really bring to the company and can also bring to every individual that is working. Next topic, perhaps, is solutions. In our opinion, it is key taking product complexity, business processes, organization, and IT architecture hand in hand. So if we consider all topics and not only one of it, we can also fight the hurdles and fight the obstacles that could appear. Generating value, race of operations efficiency must be in focus, not a shiny use case. So really the value and the efficiency behind. And if we handle the transformation and the change, because it's a new world, it's a new topics that appear for our workers, no matter if we are talking about top floor employees and leadership or the workers on the shop floor, all must be involved and all must be convinced that Industry 4.0 is a key driver and a key enabler for the future. Let's go through the different pillars. At the beginning, you talked about tech and scaling the solution, scaling tech. So you say tech is not the problem anymore. We have the technology, but scaling the technology, this is the obstacle we are, we are having right now. Yes. Let's take HEVs, Autonomous Guided Vehicles, as one example. Some customers are thinking about using Autonomous Guided Vehicles in their production and in their intralogistics. If you are taking only one use case, perhaps you can find the best fitting HEV for this particular use case. But you need the infrastructure behind. You need to train the people how to use HEVs. You, we have perhaps regions in your factory where, we, where you have hybrid traffic. So some components are delivered by people, others by HEVs and so on. So if you only see this explanation from my side, it's easy to understand that having more use cases in place that can handle by HEVs is helping the scale. This is the first view on this topic. The second is HEVs only in one plant is having a totally different scale than 
if you find out that you have similar use cases or similar processes in other plants, and then you can roll it out. And this is what I mean with the technology. You will find HUVs that are fitting for your use cases, but implementing them with the right scale, that's the challenge. So I think this is a difficulty when it comes to the real life that you need to find one use case which you can start with and you're probably happy to find one in one location, for example. You can focus on that one. But on the other hand side, you already need to have in mind that there are other use cases which are probably having the same problem or you can use the same solution for them that you are able to build a scalable solution. So is it about communication and taking the organization along, like you said, to go that steps from one use case to more use cases step by step? This is one topic to change and the organization. It all starts with the strategy. So the business needs a clear strategy. Depending on the strategy, we can define a roadmap for the right use cases for scale. These three topics, processes, oriented on the business strategy, organization, and then underlined and as enabler, the right business-led architecture. And this is why we call it business-led. The business use case has to scale, and then we can write the fine use case that we are implementing from a technical side. And if we talk about the culture and the organizational culture, you already mentioned that you need to take the workers along. How do you usually do that? How do you start to communicating with them? Perhaps I start with one of my favorite stories when I'm talking about one of my favorite topics, HEVs, because that's a very integrated product, integrated yeah, vehicle for the digital uh, transformation. We realized the project and to be honest, the customer had too less focus on the change and into training the people and enabling the people. And what happened is we realized a technical perfect solution in our opinion and the HEVs were trying to bring the right components to the right machines at this customer. But what the workers did is they were afraid of the HEVs and so they took pellets and other stuff they found in the production and just put it into the way of the HEVs. So they really handicapped the efficiency of the HEVs. And what we did then is we tried to push the reset button at, the, at these workers. We took them on a training session and explained them, hey, if this HEV is bringing your products and your components to the right place, you can focus on other topics, on more interesting topics, not so repetitive, not so time and power intensive. You do not have to take heavy material and bring it from place A to place B and so on, the HEV is supporting you. And the other topic was, and that's a bit the funny part of the story, the HEV builder learned the HEV to talk. So if they found a road blocker, there was not only a sound or a light that was blinking, the HEV also talked in the language where we realized this project, talked with the worker and asked for help. So it was really bringing together the technology part with some human behaviors, to be honest, together with the well-trained people. And after this, everybody understood that HEVs in this context were a really, really good enabler and, and raised efficiency quite good. So that's, with one example, explained what you asked, training on the one hand side, and it is not 
a stupid technology. It must be technology that is really fitting in the conversation and in the collaboration with the people that are working in, in such an environment. And when we stay with the workers for a little bit more, as I understand it right now, you need a strategy which is covering all three pillars which you mentioned. So we have the processes, we have the organization, and we have the architecture. But I assume all of that three pillars need to be communicated in the right way to the workers because at the end they have to work with that or within that transformation. Do you have a dedicated role within such a transformation process, a role or a position, somebody who is taking care of that communication? Because I assume it's not that easy to break all that different topics which have some complexity here and there down to an operational level. For sure, we have dedicated roles, for example, the transformation manager and the change manager. But key for convincing the people will be the global business process owner. If the process owner understands how to raise efficiency and how to use this new technology, I am sure that he can train his people. So this is the process owner as an internal role at our customers. And for sure, we can help to convince with our transformation management, change management measures, and so on. Very professional methods. But in the end, it's the trust. And the trust is much higher if a global process owner internally of the, the company is convinced and helps to convince and train yeah. workers that have to work on a daily basis with such technology. And do you use other case studies from other companies, for example, to explain the workers, how does it usually work? What is the, the impact of such a transformation? Or how do you get that picture to the workers? What is being done or what will be done in future? So first is for sure, we start understanding the strategy and the vision behind. And this is more theoretically, to be honest. The second is understanding the technology and the advantages of the technology. And this is where we definitely use the use cases of other customers, as I explained now with this automated guided vehicle, where we have exactly the hurdle and how this, how this can be handled in, in reality. So as I said, it's trust and commitment and uh, trust we can only generate if we are listening to the people and if we are explaining with real examples, no matter if positive or negative how others solved this challenge. You already mentioned that project about automated guided vehicles. I would like to get a little bit more hands-on and understand what are typical requests from customers in terms of digitalization of operations. So what do they usually want from you if they approach you with a new project? What is happening right now? This differs a lot. So... On the one hand side, we have very general asks for digitalization strategy, uh, the request to build a roadmap, the request for use case ideation and so on. So these are more the smaller and more strategic ones. Others are really asking for an end-to-end -end solution. And this is how it happened some years ago with this HEV case. The customer only had the idea doing not longer line production, but doing a matrix production driven by algorithms and driven by IoT devices like these HEVs. So we really had to start with the plant layout, with where are the supermarkets in this plant, how is the production set up, 
what are the perfect production islands. We did this together with the planning department of the customer for sure for the plants, but this was a really, really good collaboration. And after this, then we discussed the end-to-end -end topic and enhanced the process and plant layouts or more the strategic topics with the business-led architecture and decided, hey, an HEV, for example, needs a very, very strong PLM integration because master data is key that the HEV knows what component is needed where and what product has to go after what station to what other station. So PLM integration was key. The second was the integration between ERP and MES. So what data has to be transferred for the production orders, for the warehouse orders, and so on. And a lot of other system components, for sure, the shop floor devices, the HEVs itself, were involved. So our challenge is it doing no matter the request the customer asks us, doing the sensibilization of these end-to-end -end synergies. End-to-end, -end, depending scale of the use case of the plants that are involved, but also end-to-end -end from top floor to shop floor, the vertical integration that is needed as an architecture base. And I repeat it, sorry, but it must be business-led. So business is in focus. And often a CIO or production IT is asking us for solutions. And our main answer is, hey, let's bring the parties together and discuss it. It's really business-led. Yeah, this is a super interesting topic. And we will go a little bit more deep dive into that business-led topic. But beforehand, one question. You talked about the request of the customers and you said there are two directions or two pillars, strategic questions or request and going hands-on, going into technical implementations, building an end-to-end -end integration, for example. Is there a shift happening or did that happen in the past that we are going more into the concrete problem and into the implementation and do not talk about strategy alone? Definitely, I'm very and I'm very happy about it because the strategy is okay, the roadmap is okay, but value is generated if we are realizing the right use cases. So the customer understands more and more, and the market understands it, and also we as consultancies had had the learning curve there. We have to discuss strategy, we have to discuss the business capabilities, and then we have to select the right components that are enabling it. And this can be a normal legacy IT system. This can be an IoT device. This can be something something different. So I would definitely agree there is or there was a shift. And this is why, in my opinion, the impact of Industry 4.0 is getting improved more and more. Let's get a little bit more into the topic of the business-led transformation, as you call it. If we have a company in front of us and this manufacturing company that wants to digitalize a lot so not just the digitalization of the shop floor but other connected processes departments will be digitalized as well we want to have end-to-end -end processes like you said end-to-end -end integration and you say when we start to build that strategy and that roadmap for it we need to think about a business-led approach so Can you explain that a little bit more? What does that mean? So how do you approach it? We want to digitalize a lot within that company and you are starting with that business-led approach. How does it work? Perhaps I explain it as well with an example. Some weeks ago, a customer asked me, could you please visit us? We are having with our problems with our MES solution. 
and we want to find a new strategy. Perhaps we want to do an, an, an system evaluation and implement something new and so on. And this workshop was one of my highlights in the last weeks, to be honest, because what we did is we painted on the flip chart an ERP system as a core system in the middle. And then we started to discuss the satellite systems. This is how we explained to the customer that it is not a question if the MES system is from vendor A or vendor B. The question is, how is PLM linked? How is MES linked? How strong is the ERP core? What role are the systems of differentiation that how we are calling it playing in this end-to-end -end architecture? In what directions the strategy moves? In what direction the production processes move? And important, how is the product complexity developing? So we really have to start with the product complexity, talking about modules and so on, because if we are doing this, we're having a direct impact on the processes. Perhaps we have very complex processes because of a very complex product architecture. If we are changing it in the first step, and the first step is engineering, we are having impact on the processes. If we are having impact on the processes, the core systems perhaps look the same, but the systems of differentiation have to cover different processes than in the past. And this is the first thing where we try to convince our customers where we should act together before a transformation program, because this is the base. And this is why we are calling it business-led, because engineering for product structure and complexity and processes are directly linked to the business topics. And if we are realizing then solutions that are fitting for these future processes and future product structure, then we are, we are generating real value and we are raising efficiency. And because then we, we are not only having an IT transformation, then we are really taking the moment and having an end-to-end -end transformation. And this is, in my opinion, what we need. So Jens, it means if somebody is calling you and says, hey Jens, we need a new MES, can you do that? And can you build a strategy for it? You will say, stop, let's take a look on the bigger picture. We cannot do that like that. So I assume the whole project could be bigger than expected. Is this the case? On the one hand side, yes, it is the case. On the other hand side, this is exactly the challenge we are facing. So we have some customers, they really want to have an MES solution. And then for sure, we are helping him with this problem. But we definitely sensibilize and explain the value out of this end-to-end -end topic and end-to-end -end strategy and end-to-end -end transformation. If the customer says, yes, understood, and I have enough time, and perhaps I, have, I can increase the budget and so on, then we are doing the, the big one. If not, for sure, with all our expertise, we can also help with the smaller one, but considering also the topics left and right. So this is the approach that, that then we are going. You mentioned budget already. When we stay within your example, how much does it cost? What is needed to have a transformation like that? It's hard to, to speak about euros at the end. Uh, I would change it more on the project duration. For smaller topics, for sure, we are often talking about small assessments for four weeks and more strategic definitions, a project review and so on. 
this is then more developing north stars and so on, eight to 12 weeks, I would say. And if you're talking about really large transformation that are covering all the phases, starting with the strategy, then moving into the architecture topics and at the end doing the implementation, for sure, depending on the size of the company and the complexity of the processes. But then we are talking about one year, two years, three years, really depending depending on the size. So as I understand, a tech transformation can be bigger than initially expected because there are some more ingredients and some more information needed to build that yeah that business-led architecture or to go that approach. You, for example, mentioned you have to take a look on the products, on the product complexity, on the product modules. And this is all influencing how the architecture in the end and how the tech transformation in the end will look like. Is there something which customers which are thinking of a transformation like that can do upfront before they reach out to you and start to get to approach that tech transformation? Before I answer it, perhaps a, sh a quick comment. It seems to be bigger in the first moment. At the end, this approach helps us to focus on the right topics. Perhaps a customer wants to have an overall transformation and says, okay, I have really to touch all systems. After our architecture review and the transformation strategy, perhaps we realize that the core can be leaner than expected. Other systems can still be in place for the future. So we try to focus with the customer on the right components. So at the end, must not really be bigger than expected in the first moment. And answering your question, for sure the customer can prepare something. For example, having a business process owner organization in place is key to success. Another topic is having a clear demand management between IT and the business in place is also a success factor because then we start with another base. The people are used working together and so on. And then it's easier having a business-led tech transformation than Some companies were organized like this in the past, having really a clear, separated organization, IT and business. So these are the topics, clear described processes, an idea where the pain points are, where there are capabilities that you want to build, but that are not already in place. All these topics are really worthful input parameters for our project, for sure. And the rest, it's teamwork. And I'm sure that outside-in perspective from other customers, from other use cases, as explained before, are generating value as well in these discussions. So it can be prepared in advance, but it's not a must-have. Jens, we are coming to our last question. And this is another example case as well. Let's assume you are the CIO of a manufacturing company, 1,000 employees, You are still working a little bit legacy. So in the manufacturing space, for example, there's a lot of paperwork. You don't have a MES in place. You have an old legacy ERP, but there's no more digitalization going on. You decide, now I would like to go into the digitalization direction. I would like to go into the direction of smart manufacturing, industry 4.0. Which topic do you put on your agenda today? How do you start? The most important issue my starting point is i have to bring together business and it more and more i need a clear process responsibility that should be in the business 
and I have to shape the sense of urgency in my organization. And my organization means IT and business departments, sense of urgency of transformation of the possibilities of new technology and at the end of integrated architecture. And I repeat it, integrated architecture starts with product architecture, means second processes, means third organization, the roles that are involved. And last but not least, it is still IT and technology. Jens, thanks a lot for being on the podcast. Thank you. I learned a lot. It was super inspiring to talk with you and hope to see you in one of the next episodes. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot from my side. Hope there were interesting insights and see you soon. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening and we hope you found this episode valuable. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star review. You can find more information and resources at operationsone.com. This episode is brought to you by Operations One. Operations One is the leading platform to bring operations to a new level of excellence. By supporting frontline operations from planning to execution to analytics, companies benefit from an empowered workforce, increased operational excellence and future-proof operations. Visit operationsone.com for more information.